The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to reviews, news, and spoilers for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? Tired. Yeah, you sound a little, uh, a little tired. Yeah, I've been at work. Since I've had my eyes open pretty much all day, man, and I barely made it here. <laughs> That's rough. The show started so. Well, man, I'm uh, I'm excited that you're here. We got to get your energy level high because we got an awesome episode to talk about tonight. I'm actually oh, really excited, dude. I'm I'm for the first time in I mean I think pretty much a month. I'm actually back to. I'm gonna go ahead and say ninety percent. I might still have a cough here and there, but for the most part, I am like back up and running. Well, that's good to know. Uh, your plague hasn't killed you, so <laughs> that's no. good. And, uh, you know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, Bell, we got we to gotta get you in better spirits because, we've, like I said, we got an awesome episode we're going to be talking about tonight. And I know just how we can get you in better spirits. And that's about talking about how we're going to be giving away a free comic this episode. Dude, nothing would raise my spirits more than to give away some free comics. Good, because at the end of this episode, we will be giving one away. So stick around for it. Uh, as we mentioned before, we've got this great thing. Whenever we hit a, a multiple of 10 in our iTunes reviews, then we give away a free comic. Did that last week. We just hit uh, just above 80 this week. So, uh, yeah, it could be you. So stay tuned. Uh, also, want to remind you that this is the first week that we are changing up our release schedule. We are still broadcasting live on Wednesday night, as we are wont to do. Uh, however, this episode will go out on Friday. And every single week, you can expect a new episode of Flash TV Talk to hit your iPod phone your i android your you know whatever i android <laughs> well whatever whatever you're using uh I droid i droid your droid yes yes whatever it is uh you can expect it to hit uh, your mp3 players on friday all right man let's go ahead and jump into it the, the rundown, rundown. <laughs> episode 12 crazy for you directed by rob hardy and story by Aaron Helbing and Todd Helbing. Are they the they're brothers? I'm assuming so. I mean, we, 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 Helbing's a pretty unique name, so it would have to be. All right, fair enough. What happened this episode, Bell? 
Well, a woman with the ability to teleport to any location she can see breaks into Iron Heights prison to free her boyfriend, Clay Parker. Uh, Barry finds residual residual DNA particulates all over the scene, and when analyzing it at Star Labs, the team identifies the woman as Shauna Bays. To, Barry, uh, to help Barry's investigation, Henry Allen tracks leads down in Iron Heights and finds out that Clay owed money to a local crime boss who was also planning a major heist. Barry learns the location of the heist, finding Shauna and Clay robbing an armored truck. Barry is able to capture Shauna after removing all the lights in, the, uh, in a tunnel, effectively making her unable to teleport since she cannot see where she is going. Cisco goes to Hartley to find out more about Ronnie. Uh, Hartley reveals that Dr. Stein, who developed research into the Firestorm Project, focused on transmuting elements and was also at Star Labs the day of the explosion. Hartley reveals that during the explosion, Ronnie and Dr. Stein merged before he escapes Cisco's custody. Later, Barry and his father discuss the Flash, with Henry insinuating that he believes Barry is the Flash. Elsewhere, two city workers are attacked by Gorilla Grodd in the city's sewer system. First off, just got to say, I hope you guys enjoyed the little teaser. Uh, you know, my, my my acting debut on yeah. The Flash. Yeah. Was that, was that motion <laughs> capture? Were you actually in that sewer? I've been meaning to ask you. Well, I'm not actually really allowed to talk about it, so... We'll just have to keep that on 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 the DL for now. Hashtag oh my god! But we'll we'll save that, man. We we got a we got a lot of a uh, lot of stuff happening before we actually get to the the tag there. Uh, in fact, starting out, our boy Cisco is inviting everybody for drinks, and he's buying, and yet nobody takes him up on that. I am disappointed with Team Flash, dude. I would drink with Cisco. Oh heck yeah! Like that would be. I, I think that would be a very interesting bar scene like to go to you know he's gonna bring gadgets and gizmos and stuff and he's gonna be doing like really crazy weird things with science to like try to impress people yeah well you know don't forget he also um you know he he brews his own beer or i guess uh, uh ferments his own whiskey what was the alcohol that he made for for barry oh um it was like five 500 proof or something ridiculous it was like super moonshine yeah <laughs> yeah it was pretty awesome but yeah definitely I don't know what those guys are thinking because I'm sure it's going to be fun going out to the bar with Cisco. Yeah, and plus, if you consider everything that uh, Cisco ended up doing with his free time, I think we would have uh, gotten ourselves a lot of lot into a lot less trouble if everybody just gone to drink beer with Cisco. But we do actually, since uh, everybody does kind of part their separate ways, we get a chance to see Barry going to the prison, seeing his dad, and I got to tell you, man, this has got to be my favorite episode thus far. Uh, with the Barry and his dad, uh, and that just kind of that relationship. Oh yeah, seriously, this this was a great, great episode uh, for for Papa Allen and 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 what what's what's a, so we have Papa Allen. What would be Barry's? We just call him Barry or the Flash. Bear. bear Bear, how about that? No, I'm not calling him Bear Bear. <laughs> I refuse. I absolutely refuse to do that. Uh, so yeah, this is a great Papa Allen and Barry episode. You know, I, <laughs> it's funny. I go to watch this show to be entertained and like have a good time, and I always do. But then, then Henry Allen and Barry have to have a scene together, and I'm like, there's so much dust in my room Dude, right now. <laughs> that final like scene between the two of them when, I mean, he knows, right? I mean, I know oh, yeah. in the oh, description yeah. it says it insinuates that he might know, but I mean, he knows. There's no mistake about that. No, man, like that whole where he's saying, you know, if, if I could talk to him, I would tell him, you know, just to be careful and that his father loves him. And it's just, dude, I yeah. I mean, I, I've watched that scene over and over again. And I was I'm, I'm, I'll say it, man, tears. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of that. That's a powerful scene. And actually, if you look at uh, Grant and his and, you know, just his performance right then, too, you could see he was getting choked up big time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's really crazy too because uh, you know <laughs> Barry's like, "Oh no, 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 I'm I'm not the Flash," 
And then, you know, Papa Allen's like, well, if my son were the Flash, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I would say to him, theoretically, if he were the Flash. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that was so well done. So well done. Absolutely perfect. Man, Barry would uh, feel really bad if he actually wasn't the Flash. Oh, I know. You know, like, what if that was, you know, it was like, like, no, Dad, you don't, you don't understand. Like, seriously, I'm not the Flash. It's really not me. I get you, Barry. I get, no, 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 you don't understand. (laughs) Why can't you say those nice things about me? Yeah. (laughs) Turned it around completely. No, I love that Alan actually gets a chance to be productive, right? I mean, a lot of people have actually, you know, been wondering why is he still in jail now that the man in the yellow, you know, has been proven to exist and that metahumans are in the world. And I mean, you know, one way or the other, it's great that all that happens, but we don't necessarily, you know, from a judicial standpoint, we don't know that the man in the yellow was the man that actually killed, uh, that, that killed, you know, Henry Allen's wife. I mean, from that, if that case was to go through, go to trial and actually, you know, get Henry out of jail, suddenly there's going to be a lot of prisoners claiming that the man in yellow did all their crimes. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, so the flash has been proven to, to exist, Well, sure, but only a few people know about the man in yellow. Uh, yeah, but those few people are part of law enfor- enforcement, including sure. Eddie, uh, Joe, and um, well, Eddie and Joe, but all, and also Barry in his uh, in his you know casual profession. Yeah, but still, just saying. Oh yeah, you know, there's this other guy here, and he's totally the guy who did it. Um, isn't enough to get somebody out of jail, you know? Because yeah, he oh, still yeah, got yeah. investigated, and of course, you know, Papa West has already been threatened by reverse flash to not investigate any further. So I think in order to get, well, you'd have uh, to capture him really is what it comes down to. Like they can't actually take him to trial unless they actually bring him in. But, uh, I mean, they could potentially find enough evidence maybe to, to get Papa Allen out of jail. Maybe, but Papa Joe was, you know, Iris has been threatened, so he's not going to push that. I feel like he is though. I mean, I, he's in, yeah, I mean, he is, in a roundabout way since well, he's investigating Wells. <laughs> right, right. I I don't know. Like, I feel like that was all very momentary. Once the man in the yellow, uh, or I mean, once the reverse flash actually, you know, showed himself to everybody, I feel like that threat is somewhat idle because there's nothing more for Joe to investigate. Now Joe knows. Yeah, that's true. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Papa Joe. <laughs> Do you, you know what the other half of the battle is? Uh, what's that? Well, 25% of it is red lasers and 25% of it is blue lasers. <laughs> this is, this is true. This is true. Yeah. And never actually hitting your target. Correct. And if something explodes, like especially airplanes, you know, a bunch of parachute people come out and they just, you know, the thing exploded, there's nothing left of it except for the people in the parachutes. I don't know about you, but when I ask all of my friends to go out for drinks and they turn me down, I go down in the basement and I talk to Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Hello, Clarice. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, like, I got a very Hannibal Lecter, you know, vibe from the whole Piper Cisco conversation. I, I Hannibal Lecter, no, because every time I think of and see Hannibal Lecter, this man, like, I think, oh, this man ate human flesh. I don't get that Hartley ate human flesh, but I do get a very, very. No, he talks about how human flesh was burnt <laughs> up in the fire. And then I ate some lima beans. <laughs> <laughs> Tit for tat, Clarice. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I realize that he's not a, you know, a, a man eater, so to speak. But at the same time, you know, he is in that, prison. He is helping them with another uh, situation. There, this is very Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Well, I mean, his brilliance definitely comes through, and, and maybe that's what they're trying to do—is the whole, you know, uh, 
you know, allude to Silence of the Lambs. But yeah, like you, you definitely just see how smart he is when they just talk to him. It, it, it's, it's really cool. I kind of like how they do that with, uh, with Hartley's character. Yeah, but here's the thing. Cisco is an idiot. Yes and no. No, he is an idiot. I'm sorry. Look, I love Cisco. I was, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's well recorded at this point. I was kind of on the fence. I hated him, then I loved him, then I hated him, then I loved him. I still love him, but dude, he was an idiot this entire episode. I don't think it's fair to call someone who invented okay. a gun that can freeze stuff to absolute zero an idiot. Well, all right, well, why do you even need that gun? That's an idiotic thing to build. Do we talking about like that's a super cool thing to build? Yeah, okay, all right, fine, fine. But my point is, he is being ridiculously stupid right here. He's being very, very naive. That's th- does that fit with his character? Yes, he's super naive, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I he, he never sees the bad people. He thinks, okay, well, you know, and and, and the, here's the thing though, he had a contingency plan though. No, he did. So I mean, he, yeah, he's but- not. Yes, yes, he did, because he almost got, you know, the crap beat out of him once, but he won, and then he had his little device, and it was like, oh yeah, Hartley, by the way, I can make your head explode with this little remote. Which was great. I mean, it was the twist, it was, uh, you know, an allusion to who he could potentially one day be in Becoming Vibe. He talks about, you know, you're not the only one who specializes in vibrations, and I loved that, and it was a nice little nod to who he could be. Um, I also kind of hated that, because to me, it reminds me a lot of the Canary's Call on Arrow, and how the Black Canary, I know we're not at this part yet in, in Arrow TV Talk Bell, but uh, the Black Canary over there always uses a kind of a remote-looking thing, very similar to what Cisco had, that does a big sonic type deal. And I don't like that. I want my metahumans to be metahumans. And I realize that Vibe will get there. I, I, I guarantee that's going to happen. Um, so as long as it's an allusion to who he will be and not just uh, this is always what Vibe's power is going to be is just to have a little remote control... I'm on board with that, but it does not make up for the fact that he's still being stupid the entire time. He's letting the guy out of his cage. He's taking his handcuffs off. I mean, he's getting played like a drum at Burning Man, dude. So I I, I disagree with you up until the point where uh, he decides to take off the handcuffs. Uh, because I think at that point, that's where he let his naivety because he was like, OK, well, I've shown him that I can beat him now, so I don't have to worry about him anymore. And that's where he just kind of uh, steps over the into line. the less intelligent area no, it was all it was all dumb i mean don't get me wrong talking to him fine letting him out of his cage he was asking for it i mean he was i, I have never pulled for a villain like i was pulling for piper like yeah you know what he deserves to get the crap kicked out of him like this is this is terrible come on cisco you're better than this and more importantly given what we saw before in how cisco handled the cold gun and everything else and how wells went all psycho on him I'm actually surprised that he didn't have there were not, you know, bigger repercussions for what Cisco did this episode. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, you have to you have to realize that Cisco's point of view from the whole thing. Right. You know, he thinks that he's responsible for uh, Ronnie's, I guess, transmutation. Right. Yeah. And so he's going to try to do everything that he can to, to resolve that situation. And so, like, I can't really blame him. Yes, I think it wasn't very smart. Like, at, at first, when he's like, I'm taking you out, and he's like, oh, he put handcuffs on. Like, that, whatever. Like, what are you doing, Cisco? And then when he had the backup plan, I was like, oh, okay, so he is smart. That's good. And then when he, when Cisco took off Hartley's handcuffs, I'm like, come on, Cisco. You're stepping back into that stupid realm. Let's not let's not do mm. those things. Mm. <laughs> let's just get this guy to tell us what to look for. I'm I'm a little surprised one way or the other that Wells let him off the hook, given what his his whole mindset is with these villains. Now I wonder if maybe the reason Wells wasn't as harsh 
about Piper as he is with Cold is because, you know, knowing the future that Captain Cold will be one of the Flash's greatest nemesises. Nemesis size? Nemesises. Nemesis. Nemesis. No, but you know what I'm saying. Like he, you know, the, the Captain Cold is top tier for the Flash. Pied Piper, lower tier, plus at some point he becomes reformed. So maybe it's not that big a deal. I, my guess is that wells knows that he's going to reform himself and maybe they'll even do that in this season or later on or something like that but uh they gotta wait I, they gotta wait for the big rogues team up i don't want him to redeem too fast that's true that's true plus he's kind of, i mean i really like hating him too i mean the dude is just a punk oh so so good at hating that character yeah yeah, yeah he does an excellent excellent job with pied piper yeah all right so let's talk a little bit about the snowberry <laughs> the snowberry <laughs> i think that i mean don't get me wrong I, I if i'm if i'm reading the tweets correctly i think that's what we're calling this it's uh it's the uh caitlin snow barry allen relationship snowberry chat correct us if we're wrong on that uh, now okay so you're just gonna have to fill me because i'm not used to cw shows i'm not used to shipping i'm not used to this stuff how does this work is it just these two people shared a scene together therefore they're in a no, no, it's that fans of the show want to see these two characters get together and gotcha. okay. that, you know, they want that relationship to happen so they ship them. That's that's how that that works. Okay. Okay. So so it's it's less of a it's more of a of a of a wish listing kind of thing than it oh, is. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just kind of fans pulling for it. But at the same time, you know, it does seem to uh, it, it has been known to cause, you know, some changes in the show. I, I have a feeling that the uh, the uh, Felicity slash Oliver relationship, also known as uh, Olicity, would uh, would not be as prevalent in the show this you know Why this long into the series. I know that was that sounds pretty good too, but I don't think it would be as prevalent this you know this far into the series if not for all the fan support behind that relationship. Okay, so I mean you know that's there's kind of this idea that you can campaign for a relationship and perhaps you might uh, get nods of it. So you know Snowberry is out there, man, and uh, I I got to tell you I'm not. You know, I, I like Caitlin, and uh, you know, I like Barry, but I'm just not feeling the Snowberry. I, I don't think they're a good match. No, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I see it more so. I think Caitlin would probably have an easier time falling for Barry than Barry would for Caitlin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, she was like, "Did you get a peek at the goods?" You know, because you know, she. And was- I know he said he didn't, but I mean, when you're moving at super speed, she's standing still for the entirety of the time that you're, you know. Putting on her, yeah, uh-huh. and stuff. exactly, exactly. You can't help but not look. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, you're not gonna be able to put her clothes on accurately if you're not looking. Exactly. So we 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 know Barry. We know we know what you did. <laughs> we, we know what you did. Uh, but no, before all that happened, they go out to this bar because apparently they don't have a life. Although I'm I'm a little con- you know confused because Caitlin started listing off you know how she doesn't have a life, or, or Barry's making fun of the fact that she doesn't have a life because she reads and cooks. What's wrong with reading and cooking? Because they're they're in their mid twenties, they should be out partying, not reading and cooking. That's what old people like me and you do. I feel like I feel like that's uh is that is that true with the kids these days? I thought that like Dude. the hipster movement was all like, no man, let's just go over to my pad and we'll just read this book and I'll cook up some uh, organic gluten free popsicles. Wow, you can make organic gluten free popsicles. I don't know. My point is that I didn't think that I thought that uh, <laughs> you know being a little bit more agrarian was in. Sure, sure. But I mean, like, it's you're still, you know, you're going to go to your hipster bars and you're going to go to the bars that, 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 that have people that share your scene. Right. I don't know. One way or the other. I, I guess I guess I never had a life. Actually, in my 20s, I was married pretty early. So 
Uh, we we had a crazy we had a crazy nightlife in uh, in Memphis. We we tore it up. I uh, I'm a big homebody. Yeah, but no, but it, when I was in Austin, we we did it up. Although we didn't do it upright, I was thinking about it as I was watching the show. We should have done some karaoke. There are so many places around here to do karaoke. Why didn't we do that? Um, because I'm kind of like Black Bolt. If I really sing, I can you know level continents and stuff like that. All right, hang on. Here we go. Here we what go. You, what do you what do you what do you what are you what are you doing? We're doing this right now. Oh, good. You ready? Dude, I don't know the lyrics to this. No, no, no. I, well, I'll start us off, and then, uh, and then you go. Summer loving had me I, a blast. I don't know the words. Something, something. I met a girl <laughs> crazy for me. I don't even know the tune. Like I'm not Summer a days drifting <laughs> away to other uh, oh, summer nights. Put, put, put on meatloaf. Yeah, all right, sorry. Would, yeah, if you put on meatloaf, I would do anything for love. I can rock out to that. I'm actually surprised they didn't do uh, "Baby, We Were Born to Run." That would have made a lot more sense to me. No, that would have been way too like winky at the uh, audience. Oh, dude, she almost like spilled the beans while she was up there drunk on stage. She's like, yeah, she's "Oh, like, you ran really fast. You really fast. Who you are?" Shush, 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 shush. <laughs> oh man, that was that was hilarious. That was really good, really good. But aside from all the hilarity that comes from Caitlin being uh, drunk at the bar, Barry does make a little bit of a love connection, or so it seems. Dude, Barry is just as oblivious about people liking him as Iris was for to Barry liking her. This uh, chick comes on to him so strong. Well, yeah, uh, what? No, I, I think he was. Um, I think he, yeah, I think he was just playing it cool. I don't know. Like he, he was like, oh hi. Yeah, I like to sing. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's like Garth in Wayne's World. He's like, I like to play. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think that's fair. I think he was playing it cool. Plus, he was a little preoccupied, you know, because Caitlin was a wrecking ball. Uh, and, and so, you know, he, he couldn't quite focus on getting his game on. But let me tell you about this brand new app. Have you heard about this? It came out eight years ago, I think, probably when the original iPhone came out. But uh, it's on my uh, bump bump. Yeah, that, that was out since the original iPhone, right? Yeah, but I don't think that was bump. I think that was the. Uh I mean, you know, granted, with the current era of product placement and marketing and things like that, there not there a feature on certain Samsung phones? I think Android phones where oh, you just you know touch what? them together or something like that. Yeah, there is. But still, I, I did think, I mean, you know, props to Linda. She's just trying to get her game on. I just, I, I was thinking like, you know, that's not that new of a concept. That's been out for a while. Yeah. But the, the reason why I'm saying that Barry was oblivious is because I've been in those situations where. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah, very, very, very few and far between. But um, I, I've I've just been, you know, minding my own business kind of thing. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I got a girl's number. Cool. I'm an idiot. How did I not see? <laughs> and like, you know, of course, she's gone at that point. Oh. And uh, yeah, so you need, you need yeah. better wingmen. Yeah, usually my wingmen uh, get shot down, and uh, I just kind of like you know tumble and free fall until I pull my ejection seat, and then uh, kind of crash land into an ocean of sadness. All right, all right. Next time I'm in Austin, dude, I will wingman you. <laughs> we, we will go to the karaoke karaoke bar and we will uh, we'll knock it out. It'll be good. I'd rather go to a karaoke bar. All right. So everything seems to be going well, um, you know, for our heroes. But we do have a new villain on the scene. Uh, really, really cool power set with the teleportation and Peekaboo, who is, in fact, a comic book villain. Uh, I love this character. And I got to tell you, the entire time I just kept on thinking Pikachu because <laughs> you got to catch them all. That's what they got to do. Well, yeah, you gotta they, catch they, them all they, and put yeah, them in the basement. 
Gotta yeah, keep- yeah. Because I mean, like, I, I'll bet they have 150 slots in there, and they're going to catch like the 150, you know, uh, Pokemon, aka right. rogues. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta catch them all, rogues of mine. <laughs> Rogue mine. Peekaboo, yeah, Rainbow Raider, weird. Captain Cold, Firefly. Okay. <laughs> no, no. It, it, what would it be? Uh, you're my worst enemy in a world that doesn't end, or whatever the song goes. You know? <laughs> we should parody that. Like, we, I, should. we we should figure that out and parody it. That'd be great. Uh, but no, man. So, uh, so Peekaboo, right? Uh, actually, this is the first time in a while that I felt the Flash had a pretty good nemesis to go up against. Dude, those fight scenes were super cool. Yeah, yeah, and and the um, you know, given that she, I mean, it's it's a super speed thing, but it's it's more than that, right? You have to kind of anticipate where she's gonna be, uh, unless you black her out which is exactly what they did yeah and i also like the fact that you know they they really they only spend about two seconds on it but they give you this sense that she's been training to hone her powers just like barry has and i thought that was really really yeah. neat yeah because uh, you know when uh some a lot of the earlier guys granted it's it, it was nine months before you know when barry woke up but like uh and i'm sure you know weather wizard and all the other guys have had opportunities to like train but it, it was really cool how they talk about her where like she'd wake up in weird places or you know do like you know stuff like right, that right and uh and it just it, it it shows that she's been honing these powers because you can see that like, she's incorporating fight moves and stuff into <laughs> you know into her teleport yeah yeah oh yeah and when she went and when she saw the flash you could you could see this kind of like all right this is it game time let's do it yeah yeah yeah, it was, it was really, really cool. I, I loved, uh, I liked Peekaboo a lot. And I also liked the fact that uh, Caitlin finally got to name somebody. Well, Caitlin called her Peekaboo, but uh, back in Munich, she was known as the Amazing Nightcrawler. <laughs> Even had the German accent. That was good. I try. I try. Uh, yeah, but so cool character. In the midst of that first fight, we do see Barry get shot. And I think, I mean, I, I know he's outrun bullets before. So, you know, the whole, uh, I guess I'm faster than a, way faster than a speeding bullet is a, uh, it's a fun line, but I mean, it's not, it's not a new concept because I think we saw him do that at um, oh who was the guy that Wells killed in like episode two? It, it was the multiplex episode. Yeah, the guy who was going to like cut him up and use him for science and stuff. Simon Stag, thank you, Collis. Collis in the chat, keeping me honest. Simon Stag. Uh, yeah, at, at his uh, fundraiser, there was uh, multiplex came in and actually shot at him, and so the flat the flash had to get in there, and move everybody out of the way before the bullets could hit him. Yeah, but this one was really neat because he wasn't expecting it. That's why this one was so cool to me is because he gets shot. He feels it hit his neck and then is instantly able to to, to react to it. So it doesn't like go through his neck, you know, because he's not bulletproof. Right. His speeder but, sense was it was tingling. Yeah. Yeah. That was what was super cool about that is that he is his senses are so sped up that he can instantly, you know, Ooh. go into, I guess, speed force mode, super speed and, uh, you know, up his reaction time so fast that he can take the bullet and move it away from his neck. <laughs> well, it was a sound, right? He heard the sound and that's when he super sped. And that by the time that he went into speed force mode is right when the bullet was making contact with him. See, I thought it was, it was, he felt it and then was like, Oh no, something's happening. I'm pretty sure it was a sound, but I mean, it could be either way, one way or the other. Uh, now, now the concept of him actually grabbing the bullet in the air. Uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, is that, well, so I don't know. So, okay. So yeah, you, you have a bullet, it's traveling at a certain speed. It has a certain mass. So it's going to have a certain amount of energy behind it. Uh, as far as like diverting that and, and changing its course, I think it's possible because I mean, he's moving so fast too. Right. He can like, you know, impart a lot of momentum into that projectile. 
Well, I got to tell you, it's it is it is something that's done in the comics. I remember the first time I saw it was uh, in uh, in Justice League of America, I think number one, and I, it might have been introduced in Flash comics before that. But that was my first, you know, seeing Flash actually walk down this line of police officers who are. Uh, firing at the villain or, or whomever they're firing at. And the Flash is just kind of, you know, taking them, picking up out of the air. I think he and Superman are both doing this. And I remember even reading that thing and like, ah, is that, does that make sense? Like, remember in, um, and I know we're kind of crossing the streams here, but, but I remember in uh, X-Men Days of Future Past when Quicksilver, you know, does the whole stopping time and he actually, I want to say he takes the bullets and moves them from one place to another. Mm-hmm. Is it the same kind of concept there? That's what I'm guessing. So uh, I, I, I've actually <laughs> – I'm a super nerd. I put a lot of thought into that. Is uh-huh. Like when, when you have a projectile that's going and let's say uh, it, the, the, the thinking that I've had specifically was around time travel. Not necessarily time travel but like stopping time. Like if you're able to stop time, right? do the objects in your frame of reference to – you know, time is stopped to you. Do the objects in – your point of view or your frame of reference or whatever, do they maintain their uh, current, I guess... Momentum? Data, the, the, the current information that they have. So like if a bullet's traveling through the air and you stop time, right. is that bullet still, you know, is it going to have the same momentum, the same all this kind of stuff? Or, you know, if you if you impart, like, for example, you have a truck, or, or maybe not a truck, but somebody's throwing a baseball, and the baseball weighs a certain amount. It's going a certain speed, so it has a certain you know mass, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. Now, if you were to push it, how much energy would you need to push it in order to move it out of its trajectory? Because like if you see, you know, there's this really cool video on the internet where they they sh- uh, they have bullets traveling uh, and hitting objects and stuff like that, and they're shooting it at a million frames a second. And it's oh, is that really, the, the really, slow mo really cool. guys? Uh, no, it's not slow mo, guys. This is a different video. Okay, uh, but they had this one point where the the bullets traveling through the air, and they shoot a little BB at it, and you see the BB hit it, and basically disintegrate and leave a dent like a crater in the bullet. But the bullet does not change its direction or anything about it. Huh? It basically just like you know shakes it off. So I would think you'd have to have enough. You'd have to impart enough momentum into it so that uh, uh, so that it would change. Right. You know, change, change course. Or whatever. Okay. Right. Change course. That's yeah, yeah, really yeah. what it comes down to. Right. Because for me, the way that I always kind of, you know, headcanon and OMG science in a way is exactly what you just said. The idea is that you're changing course rather than stopping it. Um, and, and, you know, and I realize that it's, it's comics and, you know, and in the comics, I think uh, he can pretty much just catch a bullet that's heading straight towards him. And I mean, you know, to some extent, to some extent, you can actually chop that up to the speed force, right? Yeah. But uh, but that that was always one that was kind of kind of difficult for me to swallow even back in the day. Yeah, because I I think it's you know as far as stopping it, yes, yeah, Superman absolutely could because the bullet can't penetrate. Oh the yeah. Can, so it, yeah, so it'd be like going into you know Kevlar glove or whatever. Right. Um, as far as Flash, I would think you know he could obviously get out of the way super easy enough, but if the bullet's coming towards him or somebody else. He could go fast enough to where, I mean, maybe he could impart enough momentum onto it so that it changes course. As far as stopping it dead in its tracks, I don't know. That that's that's a little that's a little different. That's a different scenario. Well, one way or the other, there's somebody who's pretty good about getting in the right tra- trajectory at the right time, and that is uh, Professor Stein during the uh, the night of the Big Bang. Um, when we do finally catch back up with uh, Cisco and uh, and Piper. 
uh, they, you know, they look at the video and you actually see the spirit of Ronnie going into Stein or, or vice versa. And it looks like he's actually holding some sort of cube. Did you notice that? Yeah. So that I, my guess is that that's like his part of his transmutation experiment. Oh, OK. I and thought that was some sort of like Ronnie spirit catcher thing. No, no, no. My guess is that that was a transmutation experiment that and he was trying either to, uh, you know, because he knew this thing was going to happen. He was, you know, hoping that this explosion was going to happen so that he could utilize this energy that's going to be released to help complete his transmutation thing. Now, I guess what he didn't anticipate is that there will be another presence, another person, another consciousness or whatever trapped inside this energy blast so that when he actually got transmuted, it was transmuted and together into this other person that he wasn't expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, question. And this is actually brought up by uh, Wanna Pineapple in the uh, in the chat here. Why did they have to go to Barry's lab for that? So I thought the same thing. I, I, I thought they were in Barry's lab. Were they actually in Barry's that lab? That was definitely Barry's lab. Okay, I have no idea how they got in there or why they had to go in there. Limited sets. That's what it is. <laughs> because, sure, fair enough. Because Speed Force. Whenever there's a question, it doesn't make sense in the show just because Speed Force. Well, I mean, couldn't you just... I mean, they can hack every other system in Central City from Star Labs. Couldn't they just... Oh, you yeah. Know, they can, like, hack everybody's DNA from Star Labs. Yeah, why, why not just go to Star Labs, you know, that main... You know, you know why? Because Piper's trying to escape and Cisco's being an idiot true that's that's really what it comes down to piper said you know that he can't wear the handcuffs because of where they're going he didn't tell cisco where they were going until they got there and cisco never got the opportunity to have the question because you know he was zonked out and not a single cop was like hey wait a second i know right isn't this hartley guy the guy that we tried to like you know capture earlier yeah what is up with that sure i mean it's not like there's like you know everybody at the police station goes home for the day right it's a 24 7 they got shifts yeah there's definitely shifts hmm weird things about this about this episode overall i i enjoyed it but there yeah that's that's forgivable i mean you know to some extent but it's kind of i don't know that that's a good it's a good question it's a good observation yeah absolutely uh so we do find out through that exchange one way or the other that um uh, according to piper anyway ronnie is dead because he's now stein and caitlin just takes this at face value and she's like all right you know time to go get my groove on you know what what what's that all about i thought that was kind of cold that was the biggest that took me out of the episode right there. Yeah. It really took me out of the episode because that was so uncharacteristic for Caitlin for me. Like she loves this guy. She's been torn up over him the entire time. And then the line, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was something along the lines of, well, if Ronnie's merged with another person, then Ronnie's dead. So yeah. I'm just going to move on with my life. It's like, no, wait, we're closer and closer to getting him back. And now you're going to like dump him. What What is up with that? That's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking is like, well, were it me and I heard that he had merged with somebody, my brain would be thinking, well, maybe there's a chance that we can find whatever's left of him inside this other person and bring it out and I can have my Ronnie back. Yeah. I mean, with all the other crazy stuff that they've seen, why why would that not be a possibility? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess unless, unless she is so desperately wanting to just get behind this whole situation all right, now that, that she doesn't care anymore. That I think is probably pretty good. I mean, you do hear about these... Uh, couples that if the spouse has been in a coma for a long time or there's some sort of, you know, long term illness they've been combating that at some point you're just really ready as you know, you've been mourning them in action, right? As if they were dead, even though they're there and you're just ready to move on to the next chapter in your life. And yeah. so I think she's looking for any excuse just to get out of this relationship so that she can move on with her life. And I still think that's a little cold 
But looking at it through that lens, it's understandable. Yeah, but I, I wish they would have kind of, you know, played that up a little bit more and at least had her say right. something like that. Like, as a, it, it just came off really, really cold shoulder. You know, like she just, you know, ah, whatever. Well, something tells me it won't be long. From from the previews for next week's episode it, and uh, and what we can expect, it looks like Firestorm is is getting to be a little bit more front and center. Interesting. Yes, yes. We'll talk about that in spoilers. And hey, speaking of spoilers, Iris is still having a hard time getting around the idea that she needs to report about the Flash, but given that Barry throws her a bone, says that uh, you know she's the only reporter he knows, he's going to help her out. And how, what, how does she replay him? With a little flash photography. Oh, that's right. Yeah, see, I don't know that. That uh, okay? So, uh, Flash gave Iris the report on the guy who broke out of jail, right? Yes, yes, the guy that shanked his dad. Wait, what? Right, the, that's the guy that broke out of jail. Or well, not broke out of jail. The guy but, that Peekaboo broke out. Oh, that guy. Isn't that isn't that the guy? Because I thought it was. He straight up bails, right? Right. Uh, you know, the, the lights go out in the tunnel. He bails and she's like, he left me and he's gone. W- was that the person that uh, Flash gave the file on? Was, was that his file or was it the other guy, the guy who shanked um, Papa Allen? Could have been both. I guess, I guess I admittedly I was thinking that it was uh, the guy that shanked his dad just because he was kind of on that revenge uh, mini streak. But at the same time, I, it makes more sense with kind of the overall plot of the episode. Uh, if it's peekaboo's peekaboo, see what I did there? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's how I do it. Yeah, but either way, you know, she, uh, yeah, yeah. Flash gives Iris some info on some dude who escaped from prison so that she can actually write a story that's less flashy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, then she takes a picture of the Flash. So it's like, here, boss, I've got this thing about this guy that uh, got away. Or I've also got this picture of the superhero that just popped up all over town. Which one do you want to run with? Yeah, but, you know, it, it, that, that, it feels kind of uh, uh, disingenuous for her to, to snap a pic of, of the Flash like that, you know? Uh, what do you mean? Well, because there, you know, he goes on these risks to try to give her information and stuff like that. And she just, you know, snaps a picture. Could she, maybe she should have asked him for one or something as opposed to doing it so covertly. Well, she's trying to be all, you know, I'm a reporter. And so I'm not going to ask for permission. I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to do the investigative thing and take matters. Investigatory journalism. Yeah, that's what she's up to. And so she's not going to ask him for permission. They're not friends. I suppose. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I did like how Barry gave her the um, uh, the cold shoulder back in uh, the bullpen. Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm actually not here to see you. <laughs> yeah. It's a funny story how we met. Yeah, I'll tell you later. Bye. Yeah, dude. Just blew her off. That was fun. I, I actually, I kind of enjoyed that for Barry a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You can tell Iris was pretty upset, but Barry was kind of like, you know what? This is, you know, 20 something years of. Yeah, you know, repression coming out. So yeah, yeah. I got a date now. You can back off. That's right. That's right. All right. Let's see. Before we talk about Grodd, is there anything else? Yes. So I have a couple things that you seem to have missed in this episode. Yeah, man. Throw them in. So, well, first off, uh, the, the the opening scene for this episode was awesome. Oh yeah, with the saving of the people. Yeah, with the saving of the people and and the super jazz hands on the car door. <laughs> I, think I missed that, but you're right. Yeah. 
Yeah, he had it was super jazz hands, and that like got him to he could break the door open. Uh, I thought that was super super awesome. Uh, I really really enjoyed that uh, that opening thing, and like when the, when the two people who he saved were like, "Thanks, Flash." I was like, "That's yeah. awesome. That's comic books. That's what I want to see." Like that was super cool. I really it, enjoyed that. It's also showing that he is being established as this this the city's hero. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, another thing that. I want to know if you caught this. I want to know if anybody listening to this caught this, but I caught this. So when they get the particulate from the crime scene, they go back to Star Labs and they're looking at the screens. Right. Uh, H.G. Wells is in the lower right-hand corner of the screen. Okay. And I forget what he says, uh, but it's right before it changes scenes. You see him go and he's moving himself, but he, he he's looking at the screen still and he's not looking at where his hand's going and he misses the control for his wheelchair twice before he actually grabs it oh is that right yeah <laughs> uh surely that's a tom cavanagh mistake right i know i, I just thought it was really funny <laughs> that's that's funny because i was sitting there watching it and i was like what is he doing with his hand and then i had to rewind it and i saw oh that's neat who knows it could be an hg wells reverse flash plot line off to the side but it's probably just tom cavanagh trying to get that joystick yeah <laughs> that's good anything else well you know this is a, 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 a time-honored saying, but uh, snitches get stitches, man. Yeah, this is the first time we've really seen Barry interrogate somebody. Well, that and Papa Allen, man. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Well, yeah, he got shanked, dude. Yeah. like And you know. beat up. He got beat the hell up. That was his nose being all busted and everything. He looked yeah. rough. That, that's what happens in prison, man. I, I'm, I'm kind of glad they actually had you know, something similar in there like that, because, you know, it'd be really, really unbelievable for him to be giving information to the police and for that not to come back and be really bad for him in, in jail. I don't know how they're going to deal with that, though, because I, I got the impression that this is something that he wants to continue doing, but he's not going to be very effective if everybody in the prison knows he's doing it. Right. True. True. But I suppose if the word gets out that, hey, you know, you mess with Henry Allen and the Flash will pay your visit in your jail jail cell. J- jail cell uh that that might cause problems yeah yeah <laughs> interesting it's a great episode overall very emotional a lot of love in the air uh, i think we probably ended up talking more about relationships this episode than we have in the entire lifespan of this podcast uh but i gotta tell you there's one relationship that i'm very excited for oh yeah yeah oh my god dun 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 dude do you think he ate those people you know i don't know Someone uh, on Facebook said they hoped that he was eating their brains. And I thought <laughs> yeah, man, that's kind of, you know, maybe a little extreme there. But at the same time, the idea is this is like a super intelligent gorilla who's becoming more intelligent. Right. That, I mean, that's what we can assume. Yeah. Like uh, the, the super or the particle accelerator explo- explosion gave him some kind of super strength. But it doesn't seem to be it, it doesn't seem like it manifested. It seems like he's having to. uh to learn how to control this new intellect and stuff like that, much like every every other metahuman has on the show, right? Uh, they don't just come into their powers knowing exactly what they can do. So it's like he's going through. It, it's almost like in uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the new uh, the new one oh, with uh, your favorite actor ever. Yeah, 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 I have still haven't seen that yet. Oh well, so they get uh, the the virus that they create to cure Alzheimer's uh, ends up rejuvenating these uh, gorillas and monkeys and, and apes and chimpanzees and all this stuff, rejuvenating their brains and making them learn. So, uh, but they get smarter as it progresses. Does James so, Franco die in that film? 
Uh, no. All right, I'm never going to see it. <laughs> if you want me to go see your movie with James Franco in it, he better die or have to cut off his arm. So my guess is that he's, you know, the, the, the particle accelerator freed him and it changed his brain and he's getting smarter and smarter and smarter. And I don't know if he's necessarily eating these people, um, but perhaps he's... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he was doing with it. I don't. This is. It's gonna get out there. Giant gorilla in the sewers. It looks pretty good. Uh, I mean, what do you think about the the CGI gorilla? Dude, I thought it looked. I, well, I, you didn't really see a lot of it. No, uh, but it was I very it much really, in the really shadows. I, I, do you think it's gonna be totally CGI the entire series? Uh, I don't like, know. I'm I'm hoping because yeah, you know the the issue that you have with uh, uh with with CGI is you know. Sometimes it looks better than others, but you know this this episode that we just had didn't have as many special effects, so maybe they're saving up for Grodd episodes. I don't know. So okay, Jason in the chat says uh, that Grodd eats people's brains. I had no idea. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, well, it, it eats other gorillas' brains, right? Okay, and I, I think I, that's that's only New Fifty Two Grodd. I mean, that's not the uh, the classic Grodd. Classic uh, Grodd okay. was much more. Um, in fact, very less animalistic and much more, you know, uh, uh, further evolved than even humans is kind of how he would see himself. Okay. So that's an interesting question, though. Which one are they going to go with? Are they going to go with Classic Grodd or are they going to go with New, 50, uh, New 52 Grodd? I would think New 52. I mean, one way or the other, this isn't, I, my guess is it's going to be completely different, when, you know, however they go about it, because this is a Grodd that's been in captivity. I, I very much doubt, as cool a concept as it would be, that they're going to introduce Gorilla City. Uh, although they might, they very well might. But uh, but one way or the other, Flash TV writers, please, from us here and all the fans of the Flash, the listeners of Flash TV Talk, please have a scene where Grodd has to ring a little bell. That's all we want. Oh, that'd be so wonderful. We want we want Grodd just to ring a bell at some point. Maybe maybe there's a bell down there. Maybe uh, maybe he runs by a bell. Maybe a bell is ringing in the background while he's like beating up the Flash. One way or the other. We want Grodd to ring that bell. So uh, so let him know at Flash TV Writers. We want the Grodd, we want Grodd to hashtag ring that bell. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. I mean, you guys missed a perfect opportunity for the best motion capture artist who's never been in a motion capture film ever, uh, myself, to <laughs> do the motion capture for Grodd. Wait, wait, that was and, not and, you? I th- no, hang on now, Bell. I thought that was you. Well, <laughs> full disclosure. It should have been me. It should have been you. I mean, you know, there's there's no there's no hiding it at this point. It wasn't you, but uh, hey, we we would love that. That would be a, a huge shout out if if we could get uh, Grodd to ring a little bell at some point. That would be a that'd be great. Yeah. So, and then you can also put at ring that bell. I don't know. I don't know how we're gonna make that that work. We gotta figure that out. We gotta it, organize. Make it trend. Yeah, we gotta we gotta according get according to the internet stuff that trends on Twitter means it's popular. Yeah, <laughs> that's that is. That is how that works. That is how that works. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, good stuff. We got some speculation to talk about, too, uh, and, and more. We got some great feedback. I did want to ask you, over the last several weeks, there's been uh, some comments that have been sent into the show, some tweets, some Facebook messages, and there is a little bit of confusion here about the reverse flash and lightning. Uh, a lot of people were confused. Wait, why is Harrison Wells, why does he have red lightning? I thought the reverse flash had yellow lightning, and... There's a lot of confusion about that. And I think it comes from two things. One is that in the Flash poster uh, that first came out, you see kind of the zigzag Flash. And uh, a lot of people are saying it looks like the Flash actually has red lightning in that poster. And I, I, 
it's it's a red glow around it, but I don't think you can really take that as canon because the Flash doesn't really run in zigzags anyway. Yeah. And then the other thing is that uh, they say in the pilot, the reverse Flash had yellow lightning. And I've watched the pilot, and I mean, there's yellow lightning in there, sure, but there's also red lightning. See, I, I was under the impression that it's red streak, yellow lightning, yellow streak, red lightning. That would be accurate. That would be accurate. Now, I, I could be, and I, I do think this might be the case, when Barry gets dropped off, when young Barry gets dropped off after the fight, it is yellow lightning that's there. But I think it's a safe assumption to, to say that that's Barry from the future. Holy crap. What if it's not Barry from the future? What if it's Wally? Ooh. And and it's Wally coming back. And that, that way, if Wally's from the future, then it would make sense that Iris, or not Iris, uh, um, Oh, gosh, why is my brain Linda not Linda Park, is that who you're trying to think of? Yeah, Linda Park, there we go. Uh, it would make sense that Linda Park is the same age as, okay. as Barry. Well, all right, so let, I, I kind of almost want to save this conversation for next week because I think the Linda Park-Barry uh, relationship is going to be ramped up, and you know that has implications. Linda Park is, you know, she was Wally West's love interest in the pre-New 52 uh, uh, Flash, and so uh, I, I would actually, you know, what, where is Wally in all this, right? Yeah. Can maybe in this timeline, perhaps Wally is not necessarily uh, Iris's nephew. Maybe he's Iris's descendant, and maybe he is from the future. I mean, so far we haven't really had anything to indicate that there is anybody other than or any other speedsters other than Reverse Flash and Barry. News Flash. All right, a lot of good news going on, and some of this is a little bit old, uh, but you know, you, you gotta, you gotta sparse it out right you got to kind of you know you never know when you're gonna have a slow news week so we kind of sprinkle a little here sprinkle a little there uh but one thing that did come out this last past week is the costume of the atom which super cool yeah we know of course the atom has been on uh, on arrow and uh from some of the uh, set photos we actually see that that costume will be in play for the uh, future crossover where the atom will actually come over to the flash which I think is going to be awesome because it'll be really nice to see Barry team up. I mean, it was awesome seeing him team up with, with Oliver, but just the having two, I guess, super powered individuals. Well, one human, one, he doesn't he doesn't have any superpowers. Well, right. But I mean, if he's on the costume and, and I mean, come on, he I'm thinking we're going to see some Adam and Flash team up. Oh, definitely. We'll see it. But I mean, at this point, he's it's more like an Iron Man type suit, if I'm not mistaken. Um, my sure, hope but Iron Man's still a superhero. This is true. This is true. But but my hope really is that Adam's going to come over to Central City uh, at Star Labs. They're going to have some dwarf star matter, and uh, and Adam is going to use that in his suit. He's going to be able to shrink like his ca- comic book counterpart, but it's going to be in limited supply. So by the time he heads back to Starling City, uh, he'll just be Iron Adam. That's Iron that's Adam. my oh, Iron Adam. <laughs> that's my theory. I don't know. What do what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something like that sounds possible, but, uh, cause I, I guess Adam's kind of like the firestorm of the arrow universe. Cause you know, you have another superhero right in the same universe. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. One way or the other, what, I, what do you think of the costume? I think the costume looks awesome. Man. I like it too. I mean, some people were complaining about it. And a lot of people talked about how it kind of resembles the uh, the Ant-Man costume. Uh, you know, I, I could see that it's kind of a combination of Ant-Man, Iron Man. To me, it actually looks a lot like, um, did you ever read American Sun during the Dark Reign, uh, Amazing Spider-Man line? 
Uh, no. The plot line there, of course, is um, in Dark Reign over Marvel, Harry Osborn becomes essentially, you know, Nick Fury, and he has access to the entire Marvel universe, and he establishes that all the heroes are now villains, all the villains are now heroes, and um, he sets up for his son, uh, I'm sorry, Norman Osborn's in charge, he sets up for his son Harry to be the new Captain America, uh, which he names American Son. And the costume actually looks very similar. I posted this up on Twitter, uh, but there is kind of some similarities there to the American Son costume and, you know, this interpretation of the Adam costume. However, this costume did make a an appearance in the comics, actually even before the New 52, back during a storyline called Brightest Day. Hmm. So there is, you know, people who say that, you know, they're just trying to make it look like Marvel. I mean, granted, there are, you know, obviously there is some similarities here. And I, I think you'd, you would be remiss if you don't point those out and at least acknowledge that, that that is happening. However, this is a costume that does have roots in the comics. So you can't discount that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know enough about I mean, I haven't seen a lot of the uh, the the costumes that you're talking about on the DC side. But, yeah, there is some similarity to the Marvel stuff. But, you know. There's similarity. I mean, they all wear spandex and they're all, you know, bright primary colors. I mean, right. yes. <laughs> At some point. What, what do you want? You know, <laughs> this is very true, man. Next up, this is only just moderately connected and we'll go into this more on panel to screen. But uh, DC Universe Online is coming to Xbox. Xbox One or 360? Xbox One. Nice. Dude, because of that announcement, I, I bought I went ahead and I got myself an Xbox One. Did you now? Yeah, because when that game comes out, I want you and me to like start from ground zero. We're gonna both create characters. We're gonna we'll, we'll twitch it up. It'll be fun. Sweet dude, yeah. Because I, I got you know I got a Twitch stream on my Xbox. I don't stream anything. It's it's cool, man. This will be this will be a fun thing for us to do. Plus, uh, the the um, I, just recently I actually got the for Christmas I got like six months of the full game, and I mean it is free to play. But that game is so much fun, and I'm so close to getting to Central City, too. You have to kind of gear up before you can leave Metropolis and Gotham, and the first place you can go is Central City, and you know, they're in there, there's the Flash Museum, there's all these different locations, there's raids that actually take place inside the Speed Force, so I'm hmm. really looking forward to getting to that place, and I'm so close. But, uh, but one way or the other, once that actually finally comes out to Xbox, man, you and I, we're going to tear it up. Man, that's weird. I would not think of Gotham as a starting zone. I would think Gotham is like an end raid zone because that city. Well, yeah, there's actually, there's a lot of end raid zones that take place in Gotham. And actually once you first reach max level, there's a section of Gotham that is controlled by Brainiac. And that is kind of your first, you know, tier one gear place. Yeah. Okay. So uh, anyway, yeah, check it out, man. It is so freaking awesome. You've got to, got to check it out when is it coming out uh, i don't know it was actually the um and like i said we'll talk about it more on panel screen tomorrow night but it but it was teased out on twitter so um cool. we will go into that in great detail on panel screen so check that out uh also this is old news but uh i feel like we should uh, mention it cisco's brother's coming to town nice yeah played by sleepy hollows nick gonzalez gonzalez so um pretty cool you, have you ever watched sleepy hollow I have not. Is is it? Uh, I, this is its second season, right? I feel like it's been out longer. Yeah, I don't know. It's From, it's weird though because I, I watch previews for it and commercials for it, and it makes me think like it's just starting. But like, I always thought it was it had been out for a couple seasons. Right. Yeah. I know. I, you know, I, I like. Um, I, I from what I understand, I think that show's having a hard time finding its feet. Mm. Um, you know, it, it always kind of just barely makes it in terms of ratings, but I, I could be wrong. I know it's got a very diehard fan base and I, I've tried to watch it before and it's a cool concept. I just, um, 
you know, I've got so much that I have to watch that it just it makes it to the bottom. Yeah, so. yeah, same same thing with me. I, I think it's a very interesting concept, but I, you know, my DVR is shocked to the brim right now. Well, there you go. Started from the bottom, but now it's here. All right, let's go ahead and get some listener feedback. Your thoughts, your comments. Listener feedback. Good buddy Wu Kim is writing into the show. We love getting this feedback from Wu. Of course, Wu is a, uh, a big help to us here. He helps us create our show notes, uh, does some amazing things, keeping us up to date on panel to screen as well. Bell, what does Wu say this week? I don't know, but instead of Wu's review, we should call it the Wu View. The Wu View. I like it. Yeah. The Wu View, the Wu View is in. And what does <laughs> Wu have to say? Dear B&B, I thought tonight's episode was fantastic. Love the teaser at the beginning of the episode. Classic DC. Love seeing Cisco throw down a bit against the Pied Piper. And love that Papa Allen got to be more involved with the storylines. Uh, it was great how Ship played that he knew his son was the Flash without actually saying it to him. Love the introduction of Jenny. Loved her chemistry with Barry. And loved how Iris was kind of stunned to see Barry move on. Finally. Uh, however, as far as chemistry goes, Panabaker and Gustin take the cake in this episode. I uh, love seeing a hammered Caitlin Snow, loved how adorable she was drunk, and me being a gleek during the years of quality. Yes, there was a time that was true on Glee. Uh, it was great to see Gustin use his pipes again. And speaking of pipes, love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Turtle slash Jurassic Park uh, opening intro that we got to Grodd, which I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I totally thought about that when I was watching this, the Grodd scene when he's like, you know, shoot, uh, that, that's all I could think. Oh about, yeah. But. I forgot about that. That's good. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, I give this episode a five out of five. Lastly, I was expecting Barry to sing grease lightning. See what I did there? Yeah, Thanks, guys. that's good. That's good, man. I don't, I, we didn't gush enough, but I mean, Grant Gustin has got some pipes, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I always knew he was on Glee and, uh, the second I, they went to a karaoke bar, I was like, Holy crap, I'll actually get to hear the dude sing. And yeah, sure enough, he, he's got some pipes. See, I knew he was on Glee, but I didn't know that he was like, he sang on Glee. I, I thought he was one of, I mean, not every, I could be wrong. I've never I seen that I just assumed show. as much because, I mean, if you're on a show called Glee and it's a song about, or a, a show about singing, that you're going to have to know how to sing. Eventually everybody does, right? So that's yeah. that's all. He, I mean, yes, fan freaking tastic. Hopefully we'll get a full on musical episode at some point. I would love to see a duet with him and Joe too, because Joe's got some pipes as well. <laughs> got an email in from uh, Lee Tapscott who says, when Barry Superfast read about Star- Firestorm, uh, how long does he recall what he read when in Superspeed? I recall reading somewhere that he only truly learns new knowledge at regular speed. Anything read at Superspeed's, fades away after a few hours. I ask because I can't recall if this was only a Superman thing or if the speed force is actually different uh, or acts different. Thanks for your insight. Uh, thanks for any insight you can give. Love the podcast. I'm hooked on YouTube and now picking up your other podcast. Wow. Thanks. Uh, and again, that's Lee from uh, Indianapolis. Okay. That's so question, Lee. great question. I can actually answer that. Technically in, uh, in the comics, um, originally Barry doesn't have that ability. In fact, I don't think Barry nor Wally, uh, really had the ability to retain what they learned. Um, in fact, that's true of Jay Garrick as well. It wasn't until Bart Allen came along that he actually had the ability to read everything and retain it, uh, in a way that no other speedster could before. There's actually a great scene in, I want to say Teen Titans volume, yeah, I cannot remember, but it basically was the relaunching of Teen Titans with Bart Allen actually becomes Kid Flash rather than Impulse. And, uh, you know, people are making fun of him. I think even the villain is making fun of him for being too stupid. So he goes to a library and reads the entire library. In fact, people are running out of it saying the library is haunted because he's <laughs> super fast reading, man. And uh, and, you know, he goes and he talks to Jay and 
I think probably Wally at the time. And he talks to him about the fact that he doesn't, you know, they're like, you know, how, why were you reading all of that? You're going to forget this. This is crazy. He's like, no, I retain everything. And they both talk about how that's something that is unique to him. So, um, yeah, pretty cool stuff. Well, our next bit of feedback here comes from McMerlin via iTunes. Uh, Flash podcast to beat the rest. Flash TV talk is the podcast to listen to for your Flash fix, not only for the current CW show, but for all iterations of the character. Listening to their season zero episodes of Flashpoints around the multiverse discussing cartoons and shows of my childhood and not so childhood was a joy. I can't wait to see what they deliver now that the CW show is here. Well, thanks a lot, McMerlin. We appreciate that. Yeah, that's great feedback. We, we always love to get that. And of course... We'd love to reward you for doing so. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we have got a winner. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, every single multiple of 10 that we get in iTunes reviews, we give away a new free comic. And today is no exception. And today's winner is... Punk died in 86. Which it did. That's true. <laughs> it did die. That's I, You know, I didn't even get the name until I read it out loud. That's good. Yeah. So yeah. Punk died in 86. You are our winner, which means that you get a free digital comic from Comixology. Uh, get in touch with us and we will get in touch with you with that. So uh, so let us know either on Twitter and Facebook and we'll get that all worked out. But congratulations and thank you so much for your valuable feedback. It means a lot to us and it helps make this podcast happen. So want to also let you know about some other stuff that's happening. That's if you head over to thebrogues.com. It's a wonderful webcomic that is written by Mr. Matthew Bell. Oh, no, it's written by me, illustrated by Mr. Matthew Bell, and uh, and it's a lot of fun. It's a, a bit of a passion project for us, so if you haven't checked that out, we hope that you do. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Flash TV Talk. And if 140 characters is it enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com. And for the latest news, daily discussions, and all kinds of speculation, you need to be following us on Facebook, facebook.com slash flash TV talk. So also be sure to check out our parent show panel to screen where this week we're going to talk about some Star Wars. We're going to talk about some Daredevil. We're going to talk about all sorts of stuff. So you guys check that out. It's going to be fun. Yeah, panel to screen.com for that. want to give a special shout out to uh, Mike H. Schmidt, who uh, has been wonderful. Mike H. Schmidt, uh, we mentioned every single show, but these last past episodes, all the way from the beginning, he's been with us, providing us some awesome music uh, for our outro music. And, uh, and we just really want to encourage you to go to soundcloud.com slash Mike H. Schmidt to check out his work. Uh, we actually have a new artist that will be rotating in in the uh, next couple of episodes, but Mike has been awesome. So check him out, soundcloud.com slash Mike H. Schmidt. Again, special thanks to Wu Kim for providing our show notes for the show and helping us out with a lot of our endeavors. You guys are awesome. You're part of our Flash TV Talk family, and we could not do it without you. Stick around for after the outro music for spoilers on next, next week's episode. But if you don't want to be spoiled, don't worry. We'll be back in a flash. All right, next week we're looking at The Nuclear Man in episode 13. Uh, looks like uh, Firestorm will be returning just when Caitlin Snow thought that she was going to be able to get over him. Uh, this is going to force Barry and his Star Labs buddies to track him down uh, as he be, has become far too dangerous. And we will also see Barry and Linda Park's new relationship put to the test as Barry tries to balance a social life with superhero responsibilities. Again, the episode is called The Nuclear Man. I, I, I think 
I think I'm just going to go ahead and suggest this before the episode airs. They should change the name to The Molecular Man. Molecular. Yes. <laughs> El Hombre de Moleculo. If you, have, if you have no idea what we're talking about, you need to Google that right now. Cause yeah, Molecular, The Molecular Man. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, man. So look, look, I've, I've stated before that Firestorm, the plot line, is not necessarily my favorite. This last past episode actually did get me a little bit jazzed for it, and I am kind of excited to see that perhaps we might get some closure on a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, I, I really, I, I guess I'm starting to want to care. How about that? Yeah. I, you know, with the amount of attention they've given to Firestorm since the, uh, uh, the mid season break, it's, it's really got me curious to see what they're going to do with the characters. I'm, I, you know, I, I love Flash and I love Barry and I love everything they're doing with him, but I'm also kind of curious as to, to see just, just how they're going to, you know, basically, you know, put two superheroes in the same show, you know? Well, I mean, it won't be forever. My guess is that he'll, he'll rotate off and uh, go on in, into the, uh, into the sunset at some point. But yeah, I, I do hear you. I, that, I, I will say I'm a little concerned that I'm more excited for the, you know, the romantic subplot than I am the, the a plot that will be firestorm, you know, Linda Park, the fact they're pairing her up with Barry is interesting. And I think that does open up some questions as to what, you know, what is Wally West's role in the series or will he ever actually show up? Um, what does this potentially mean for the age difference? Will he not actually be a child? Will he be closer to Barry in age? Uh, who knows? So I am looking forward to see what, um, what things may come from that. So my question here is the, uh, so with Linda Park, you know, I, to me, the first thing I thought was Wally West. But in the comics, does Linda Park and Barry Allen, do they have any sort of relationship whatsoever? No. no. I mean, if, unless it's in the New 52, historically they have not. Okay. Because, yeah, because I, I, I was thinking, so uh, so why would they introduce this character that's exclusively associated with Wally West, at least as far as I know, when Wally West is like nowhere near the show just yet? Well, so that, it, it kind of makes me curious. And I'm, 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 I'm hoping they, they, they maybe bring some Wally and that'd be cool. Yeah. 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 I mean, at the same time, man, they, they need a love foil, right. For, for the Barry Iris situation, we need Barry to move on. And so if he's going to move on, wouldn't it make more sense to have it be a character that we know? And Linda Park does, you know, having that connection to being in a relationship with the flash, albeit not Barry Allen, I can see where they're going with this. And actually I, I don't necessarily have a problem with it from that standpoint, but I don't want this to mean the door shut on the possibility of a Wally West appearing in the series. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. Yeah, man. So I think that's pretty much going to do it for spoilers this week. So just remember, for more Flashtastic awesomeness, tune in next week to Flash TV Talk. Flashtastic outro, copyright Matt SC. A member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit Pottery.com. Ooh, ooh, and I keep moving Can't stop, won't stop grooving Like I got this music In my life saying it's gonna be alright Go on, Bell. No Oh. <laughs> Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. 
depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.